Well, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Welcome. This is the Leesburg Talk Podcast, and we are sitting, we're in a new location uh, right now. We are sitting in a cabin in the woods. In the woods, offsite. Lake Cumberland Resort. That's right. So Edition. we're we're at the uh, Kentucky Minister's Retreat, and we're sitting around a cabin, and uh, we thought this would be a good time to do a podcast. Yeah, so, since housekeeping just left. Since housekeeping just yeah, left. Yeah, we got to meet Janice. 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 Janice is a storm of of information. She is a wealth of knowledge. She was. She's been working here for 31 years, about to be 32 years. Two more years she'll retire, she said. And she has been cleaning bathrooms, basically, for 31 years here. And still joyful. So there's a lot of lessons we can learn Absolutely. from Janice. She, is a, she was an interesting uh, person to talk to because she's also a person of faith. You know? And you can see it. That's why I went there with her and started talking about it. Because I could tell you don't have that attitude right. unless God gets a hold of you. That's right. right. Yeah. Especially doing this kind of job. Right, right, right. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. So that's cool. So, yeah, we're here, and uh, it's it's been cool so far. Do we not want to talk about why Janice had to come? No. Okay. No, not necessarily. All right. <laughs> John and Maddie. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so today, uh, today's a different topic. Yeah, that might be uh, a little bit of, uh, of a challenge to listen to or to for us to talk about. Uh, but you know, we've been talking about how we want this podcast to be a place where where faith and and life collide. And right now, in our world and our culture, one of the biggest places where faith and life is colliding is when it comes to politics. Politics. Fun politics stuff. and religion. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, there's a. It, our country is polarized right now. We've got some pretty, at least what we see often, we have some pretty polarizing uh, viewpoints. Absolutely. And we've got, I mean, families torn upside down and fights. And I mean, every time you turn on the TV, any type of, uh, of a news station, you've got more and more fights uh, and protests and all kinds of garbage there. So, uh, so, so how does a Christian respond to politics? Should we care? I guess that, that might be a good place to start. Should a Christian care about politics? Who wants to jump in there? Oh, wow. I don't know. Um, I think we have to care somewhat about politics because it's the world in which we live. I mean, you know, we're here, right? we got to yeah. deal with it. It, in, right. it has impactful influence on our lives and in the lives of everybody that we are trying to reach or minister to or share the good news with or whatever it may be and so we have to we have to deal with it on some level and we're all under it i mean we live in a we live in a land that's run politically so we're under that authority right whether we like it or not that's that's where we are so we have to deal with it on some level so we have to make some decisions and i think that's where the collision takes place well yeah i think so but you know it makes me think, well, the, the other view of that would be, well, we're in the world, but not of it. This isn't our home. We've got citizens of heaven. You know, we've got to fix our eyes on, on heaven and heavenly things and sort of treasures there. And so a lot of churches and Christians ha- have, it's a, 
there's a better way to say it, but they've kind of buried their head in the sand and said, I don't want to pay attention to all that stuff because it's not important to my ultimate mission. And while there's some truth to that, we also see a growing trend that church is irrelevant. And I wonder if maybe that's part of it. We can't remove ourselves from the society in which we live and then expect for those outside of the faith to, to come to a ministry that's not talking about real life issues. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know, in the history of our nation, every major cultural impact that has been made has been made based on somebody's morality. Every law in the books is based on somebody's morality. Well, where did that morality come from? Well, we, we go back to the founding of our country, and it's, it's, it's based on morality that's been given to us by God. Yeah. The value of life, for example, yeah. uh, and so forth. So, you know, um, and then you look, at, you look at what has brought positive changes. We talk about negative a lot, but there's been some positive changes. I think the Civil Rights Movement was a positive change. Absolutely. You know, and how did that, that was brought back, that was brought to a head, not by politicians, but by people of faith. Yeah. People of faith brought that to a head. Yeah. And, uh, and we honor some of those people, you know. We're getting ready to, you know, talk about Martin Luther King here in the next month a lot. And uh, there's Martin Luther King Day and, and things like that. And, and while we don't put our faith in a person, we recognize that people of faith do have an impact on our culture. And so I think the collision is, is okay, at, at what point do we isolate as a church or as a people of faith, do we pull back from the world because the world's not our home, or let's even say America's not our home, and yet still have impact on our culture because we're trying ultimately, right, to make a difference where we are to help people have a better life. And we believe that Christ offers that better life. So it's, 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 it's a tension that everybody, I think, of faith deals with. Well, you know, before we recorded this, we had a brief conversation, but you said something there that stood out to me enough for me to grab a computer and talk. So let me kind of go down this road a little bit. Um, you mentioned morality and how our laws... Are, are are written from a moral perspective, right? And when you trace it back, there's a there's a belief in, in a belief God, system, right? a belief system. In, in classical apologetics, you know, it's defending of faith, reasoning for God. Morality is a big topic issue, right? Do we believe that that there is a right and wrong? By nature, one would say yes. For for example. Regardless of your political point of view, your political uh, framework, uh, your culture, whatever, we would agree that it would be wrong to take a life from someone else, right? That kind of goes across the board in most cases. Now, it can be justified because of war and invasion and stuff, but but uh, basic principle is it's wrong to kill someone. There's value in life. Uh, and we say, well, that's an inherent God-given moral system and our morals point us to God. Now, what, with that on pause, then, what we look at in our world today is we are seeing a rise of, of mobs and no, protests and, and, and this push of, of 
the thought of the collective group wanting to uh, push new or different thinking, right? If there's enough people, the idea is if we get enough people who are outraged <coughs> or have the same opinion, we can march on the streets, we can cause, cause, cause change to happen. But there's a danger in that, right? Right. There's a danger of this, this majority rule type thing. Well, you don't have to go very far back in history. Go to Germany. The majority of people felt like that what was going on under Hitler... And prior to World War Two was, it was it was it was the majority. You know, I mean, a majority can be wrong. Right. <laughs> That's my yeah. point. Yeah. You know, doesn't have just because there's a, we we think that just because it's a democratic society many times that if there's a large enough group of people, then that should be what's right. Talking about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. You know, that doesn't necessarily. You can get a large group of people pack mentality to believe anything is right. Yeah, a large group of people <laughs> believe it was right to crucify Jesus. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It, exactly. So there's a danger, but we're seeing that constantly developing in our world today. I mean, think about the past two years. Uh, you've got you've got marches all over the all over the United States for a variety of reasons: immigration, uh, women's rights, Me Too, all of these things, and, and it, uh, gun rights. That's been a huge a, a huge thing. So, it has to go back at some point to morality, right? Like, our laws are put in place because of, uh, because of a common moral, and that moral is, is not subjective to my thoughts, necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, the importance of that. So, today, we're talking about politics. We're talking about um, how does a Christian respond to the political world, and, and that, I guess that's part of it, is is how, how do I decide what things are worthy of standing up for, and how do I decide what things are, are better, keeping my mouth shut about? Well, it's a stewardship issue to some degree. Okay. I mean, you know, you get the parable of the steward that Jesus talked about, you know, you had, or, or even the parable of the talents, for example, when, you know, one guy buried it, right? And in yeah. the... And Jesus said, you know, he was, he should have done something with it. We can't as Christians just simply exist in a world and bury our head in our sand and try to isolate mm -hmm. and wish it all goes away. That's mm -hmm. not correct. On the other hand, it seems like when we do respond, we respond in a wrong way. Right. I think that's the, that's <clears throat> the tension because we don't want to be either hypocritical or get caught up in stupidity that we see on in the media or on TV, we don't want to be labeled as, you know, haters, right? Uh, but by the same token, you know, uh, how do you have a message that's centered on love, the love of God, loving us, loving other people, and and have love being pervasive or dominant in a world that is uh, fueled by issues that bring everything up in you but love? It brings up a lot of hate and anger and frustration. And so how do we get our message to our society in America without doing it the wrong way? Yeah, so, I think you have to wait on God's timing. I mean, if, if he's giving it to you to speak something right there, I, 
I'm thinking about Elijah right here, who was the evil king that he went and told him it wouldn't rain for a certain amount of His years. name was Jonathan. Jonathan. King Jonathan. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Was it Ahaz? Yeah. Got some biblical scholars in here, but yeah. we're brain stumped right now. It's all right. Um, but you know, he there was some bad stuff going on in his country then, right? Yeah. There were some evil things being done. And in the story, the main character in that story, Elijah, he goes into hiding for a little while. He doesn't do anything. He's just doing what God has told him to do. So I mean, if God convicts me enough, I'm gonna act on it. And I think that that's sort of doing the right thing, but how do you identify that? Yeah. How do you identify that? Yeah. Through prayer and fasting. Yeah. And reading your Bible. It's and simple. That's it, folks. It's yeah. simple. All problems solved. Well, yeah. don't you think it all really, you know, I say this a lot yeah. in speaking and talking, but motivation is everything. Mm-hmm. What's your motive? Is your mm-hmm. motive pure? Yeah. It, and, and, and maybe how do you define what a pure motive is? Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate on that. I, I agree with it, I think. But then we look at some biblical examples. Jonah's motive was anything but pure. He was motivated by sheer obedience. Like, he didn't want to. He had no desire to preach the Ninevites. Well, his motive, but the positive motive was, ultimately, he didn't he, want to die. Well, he, <laughs> he didn't want to die, but he also wanted, he, he wanted to serve God. Yeah. It clashed with his own personal agenda. Yeah. That's what. That's the tension. I mean, even yeah. Jesus. It clashed with his personal uh, agenda, but ultimately, he he was also wanting to get a message across. He just didn't want to get a message across to those people. Yeah. Even Jesus said, "Hey, um, you know, if there's any other way, yeah, but your will, really." Yeah. And you know how gracious was God to Jonah? Because there's two ways out of that well. <laughs> God was gracious, man. He's gracious. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so how does a Christian respond to things in the political world? Right now we're we're in week three, I think, of a government shutdown or a semi-shutdown, right? Right. A lot of conflict in the news. Uh, Twitter is a lot of fun sometimes to blow through. Uh, week three of, of a government shutdown, and the, what, really the centerpiece to it is the idea of a, uh, of a border wall. United States, Mexico, on a border wall, and um, uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so how does a Christian feel about that? And does it matter how you feel about how it? How do I respond to that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. How do you respond to that? I mean, you know, what would Jesus do? You know, that becomes a very pointed question, right? Yeah. And yeah. then we have to ask, well, what did you? Je- what did Jesus do? Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, th- maybe there's a difference between um, uh, political reform and spiritual transformation. Okay? Maybe there's a difference between, between political reform and spiritual transformation. Everybody can be receptive and should be receptive, and our job is to get people into a relationship with their Heavenly Father for them to have the best life possible. But there's also consequences for our actions on earth. That's true not only um, if you are a Christian or if you aren't a Christian, that's just true. Let let me give you an example. Um, A person can commit murder, God forbid, but it happens every day. They commit murder. They go to jail to pay the consequences for their crime. In, In jail, there's a prison ministry, and that person becomes 
uh, humbled and submissive and gives their life to Christ. Okay? But they have to decide that. And they have to decide yeah. that. They yeah. have to decide that. They don't get out of jail free because they make that decision. There's right. consequences for their for their actions right. still. Right. Okay, there's consequences for their actions still. And, and anybody, and I happen to have a friend that's dealing with that right now. So, I, you know, but what I'm saying is, is that there, there's a difference between spiritual transformation yeah. and, and, and politically what sometimes we have to do in order to keep order in a society that is chaotic at times. Okay, so let me ask some important questions. Uh, anybody feel free to jump in, all right? As a Christian, as a Christ-following person, is it, is it sin for me to support building a border wall? Good question, John. Good question. I like it. My next question is, as a Christian, is this sin for me to not support a wall? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, how, so here's the thing. Let's say you went to a national vote, and I'm now, I've been given the opportunity to vote on this matter. Good. As, a, as an individual thing. How do I decide as a Christ follower what, how do I best represent my Christian values, values, and, and how, do I, how do I function? How do you balance that? How do you balance that? Well, that's a million dollar question, right? I mean, right. That's, that's, that's what everybody's tension is right now. It's where there's a lot of frustration in America right now. And, you know, I think that we have to, we have to determine, you know, there's a, there's a way that evangelicals are supposed to operate. That's, that's the line of thinking in our country. So if you're an evangelical, then you should take this particular path. Is that, is that thinking correct? My question is, is does, does Christ even care about a border wall? If we're representing him, does he even care about a border wall? Good question. You you understand what I mean? So is it is it an issue that we put in a spiritual format, or is it separate from that? You know, is this is this about just our opinion of what we feel like maybe is the best to protect our country and our nation and our tax dollars, or is this uh is this a spiritual issue? I don't think it's a spiritual issue. Correct. I think it's a security issue. I think it could be a spiritual issue. So, so if I had to answer the questions that I threw out, is it a sin to support a border wall? My answer would be not necessarily. Right. Is it a sin to not support a border wall? Not, well, not necessarily. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, I mean, though. That, so, yeah. Does Christ care? What does Christ care about? <laughs> yeah, right. Not necessarily a wall, but he cares about how we treat one another. Exactly. And so here, here, so here's the thing. If I want a wall because I don't like Mexicans, that's a sinful that's issue. Sinful issue. Yeah. Again, motivation, right? Yeah. That would be sinful. Uh, uh, if I want, if I'm supportive of a border wall because I want a legal pathway to citizenship because of the value of citizenship in our country in which we live, that's not a not necessarily a spiritual issue when it comes to practice in the United States the way we're talking about it. But it does have a correlation to the church. And we can talk about that in a second. Well, but it, and it does have a correlation to our values as a country, which we already have said are based on a morality that God has given us, right? Right. So there you get that. 
This is a tough issue. It is. It's, it's not easy to talk it's about. It's not easy to. And I think I think may I don't think that necessarily burying our heads in the sand is the right response either. Yeah. Uh, we probably need to have more honest conversation about it. But I think again we got to think about why would we why would we support it or why would we not support it? What is the motive behind it? Why what 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 would be that? Is it hate or is it love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We have good, good Christ-following people, and I use good loosely. Yeah, because you know, no one's, no one's good. good, right? But but we have we have Christ followers that are following that are saying on both sides of the issue, saying this is this is the right way, this is the right way, and they're and they're at odds with one another. And what what I'm saying, my point of view is that we've got a lot of relational breakdown, relationships breakdown, even within the church, even within the evangelical community. We've got people on both sides, and because of that, relationships are breaking down. Right. So one of the things I think is important when we're when we're entering into that type of a conversation is I think before we start talking about our opinions of how things should be, we need to do a kind of a gut check of our motivations and say, okay, before I get into this conversation with Frank, I need to understand that he is a Christ-loving person. He loves the Lord, and, and and just because we have different opinions and views of policy doesn't mean that he's an evil guy and he should go to hell. But does he love God if he wants to shut out all the Mexicans? Well, if that's just, well, if, well, oh, well, I can see how people's minds would go around to that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like if he doesn't agree with the way that I think yeah, yeah. and the way that I see Christ and how I think that we should do this right here. But, I mean, we've all been raised differently, too. You know, I think you, I try to take that return into account. You know, I was raised differently than John was and Maddie and you were. Whether or not he's a Christ follower, though, I can say I, I, I shouldn't demonize him because yeah. he has different views. Right. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like my view growing, growing up with politics, especially on issues like this, for me, I always just came at it purely from a logical standpoint. We have a dilemma. What's what's a solution somebody comes up with that solution obviously somebody's going to have to come up with another paradigm to say i don't like this solution but if i don't like it then i've got to come up with another solution i've always just kind of leaned in that i don't know that i ever viewed it as political as much as i was just like here's the situation somebody has said let's build a border wall here's an option is there a better one? Is it better for me to stick my head in the sand, or should we go, or should we try to, or do I have something to say by saying we should do? Here's my other solution. Identify identify a problem without offering a solution. Right. That's void. Now the problem is, some, you know, there can be differences of opinion as to whether or not this is X, whatever X is, whether or not X is a problem. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, and in the political realm, what makes it so complicated is, to me, is that what I'm seeing and, or hearing through Twitter and other media events is that I'm not so sure that it's the wall that some people are so upset about. They just hate our president that much. Yeah. It wouldn't matter what he said. That's definitely coming into play. And, sure. he, and it goes vice versa. You had it does. conservatives hating Barack. That's right. You know, that's that's same, same thing. Same thing. And, you know, again, that's why I'm saying, you know, I'm not really sure. 
what motive is behind whatever our listeners may think, whatever your view would be. But I think you kind of got to do a gut check on that. I think that's where I was going with the kind of logical thing. Take all the other variables out of it. This is the problem. There is a solution on the table. Do you have a better one? Yeah. You know, like that's really what it comes down to. Well, and then you have, you you know, our forefathers, when they set up our Constitution and Bill of Rights and so forth, you know, uh, they will... There's a, there's a political view that goes back and says, you know, we say bring us your tired and your hungry and your poor. Right. And we're a land of immigrants, you know, and that's true. There's no doubt about it. We would not exist as a country if it weren't for immigration. But also, there is legal immigration and there's illegal immigration exactly. for a reason. Yeah. For the same reason that you have a lock on your front door yeah. at your house. Right, you want to control right. who you're, you let in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You know. It's. It's not that you're uh, hating the world because you have a lock on your front door. I don't think. Right. Or at least that's not my motive for having a lock on my front door. That's not because I hate my neighbors and whatever. And it's this is my mine, and you can't have any part of it. The the unfortunate part is we live in a fallen, broken world where where people do fallen and broken things. And so now we're in a dilemma of living in a cursed world trying to deal with all that element and yet still try to portray the love of God. Right. <laughs> and I think that's the tension for all of us when we're trying to battle this with regard to our faith. And, and, and in no way does that mean that everyone who's immigrating in is a crook that wants to break down your, your, your door and no, that's, that's right. Like that's no, I think you know, but it's, it's a it's a logical. Now there's a parallel here when it comes to the church. Definitely, there's a parallel. So let's dive into that a little bit. When thinking about a Christian's viewpoint, that's just about the immigration system and uh, 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 specifically with what's in the news right now with Mexico and the border wall. There's a parallel. What might be a good motivation, or one of the reasons why many are in favor of the wall is that there's a legal pathway, and that legal pathway, with that legal pathway, comes um, comes legal requirements and responsibilities. and responsibilities that are for the common good of the country, right? There's some parallels there with the church. I, I, I'm a strong believer. Yeah, I think you all would probably agree with me. I don't agree that you're strong, but you're a believer. (laughs) I'm a strong believer in the fact that you must be a part of a local church to be accurately and biblically following Jesus. I think church membership is incredibly important. Right, in a a local... Being part of the body of Christ is critically important. Being active. part of the local church, because that's the... Yeah, but you said member. I'm not sure about membership necessarily. No, 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 no. being a part of a local church. Right, he's right. the bride of Christ. Right, I, I Jesus died for the church. I can't be living, uh, living, uh, um, obediently as a Christ follower, independent from the body. Independent from the body. Yeah. Right. I must be a part of a church. Sure. Um, John the Baptist wasn't in no church. That's before Christ established. Okay, church. there wasn't a church. <laughs> so uh, he was preparing the way for so, so we have to be a part of a church. Now, with that being a part of a church, comes with it responsibilities, comes with it accountability. Accountability. Yeah. 
uh, where we're to hold one another accountable in our life and our faith and our practice. And we uh, hold each other accountable and, and we rely on one another for different functions, right? Hey, let's put this in a real practical sense, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's do it this way. Uh, Leesburg Christian Church has never not welcomed anyone in the 17 years that I've been there. Yeah, I got welcomed. Everybody yeah. is welcome. Everybody's welcome. However, we have security cameras. We have a check-in system to protect our children. We have a security team. Locked and loaded? <laughs> Sorry, I just want to let them know. Go ahead. I don't know about the locked and loaded thing. But not locked, but, but, loaded. but we have we have those things not to keep people out. That's right. But to have order and to keep from anything chaotically happening happening from when we're there. That's right. Right? Beautiful picture, yeah. So, you know, what's the balance of that? There would be some that might say, well, you just need to have faith. You don't yeah. need security cameras. You don't need a security team. You don't need to protect your children. You need to have faith that you're doing the right thing. God's going to take care of it. See, there's that view. Right. And there's still a lot of people that have that view. Then there's the other flip side of it is where you got to have a code to get in the building. And if you don't have a code, you're not welcome to get in the building. See what I mean? Yes. So, again, all of life is about some balance, isn't it? Some checks yeah. and balances. Absolutely. Buddy of mine, uh, uh, Nate, he's a lead pastor in Church of North Carolina. They just built a new uh, worship center. Uh, the first weekend they were going to be in that worship center, somebody had left, left the door open. And, of course, it had been a construction site. So a lot of moving in and out. The first weekend they're supposed to do their worship service. He shows up at the church at 6 a.m., First service starts at 9 a.m. to find the entire sound system has been stolen. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. That's their their opening Sunday in this new location. It was crazy. Wow. Thankfully, there was another church. That's like my worst nightmare. Huh? That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thankfully, there was a church down the road who had a portable system, and they sent their staff over, which I thought was incredibly That's great. awesome. They sent their staff over, their tech staff over, to set up and help get set up for the service. But it's kind of neat. Yeah. But that kind of thing yeah. happens. It happens. Okay? It, it happens. And that's the world, that's the brokenness we live in our, in our world. So is, is it wrong for us to try to protect our body of believers when they're at our facility trying to worship God? Are we try, is that wrong no. for us to do that? I don't think there's anybody that would suggest that. We're not keeping anybody out. But when you come, there is a code of conduct yeah. that's expected of you. You can't come running through being crazy, screaming and hollering. You can't hurt people. Right. You can't, hurt you can't people. do that. That's right. And so, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a point of accountability there. So I think that on that basis, that foundation, we can transfer that a little bit into a larger scope of maybe of what we're, what we're wanting as Americans in our country. Absolutely. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, right. Again, you know, we're not, we don't have those systems in place because we're trying to keep anybody out. Yeah. We're having those systems in place in order to protect those and to be good stewards of the responsibility that God has given us. And I think that's the approach. We, if we had that approach politically in our land, I mm -hmm. think it would serve us well. The problem comes in is not because I don't think anyone would necessarily disagree with that. Anyone. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. The problem is... I hate that other person. Right. Yeah. Therefore, anything that person says, I'm against that. 
Yes. Or I'm, I love that person, and anything they say, regardless of who they are, that's I'm right. for it. That's right. Because yeah. they're going to serve my agenda yeah. well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's where we get in trouble Absolutely. on all these issues. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and I, again, you kind of have to do a gut check a little bit about what, why is it that you feel the way that you do about certain issues in our public life? Why is it that you feel that way? We've got a few few moments left, but I, but I want to kind of final thoughts, wrap up anything you haven't been able to say that you've wanted to say. Matt, let's start with you and go around. Uh, when it comes to a Christian and politics, any final words for me, my friend? Well, like like I said, I, I've never been, as far as in a political climate, I've never been very political or open about uh, what my views are politically. And it's not because... Uh, I'm hiding anything or don't want anybody to know. It's honestly, like, I like to think through everything. And I don't, like, my views change from situation to situation sometimes. Um, but I do know that uh, throughout my life, it all comes down to uh, morality. Like, if, if, if we're going to build a wall and it's going to hurt human beings, then it's not worth it. I don't, I don't, you know... But if, if, if the wall going up is protecting people and the checks and balances are there and, and legal immigrants are coming into our country safely, uh, I, that's a, I think that's a win, you know? Uh, I, I think you can... As much for them, Matty, as it is for the government. His way saying safely, that's exactly where my mind yeah. went. You know, like, well. no human being deserves to be treated poorly on any side of the wall when yeah, it comes right. to our country. And so I, you know, like, I don't know where I feel, I, I'm still kind of, I think we all are trying to figure out where we really stand on, you know, building border walls and all that. But I do know that if that is the solution that's going to happen, like, I'm going to be a lot more for it if on both sides of it, people are being treated fairly. I think that is where the spiritual meets the political. I feel like if Jesus is like, if you're going to put up a border wall, you better be kind to all my people. Mm-hmm. You know, on our side, we should be doing that. Yeah. One as we're talking about doing the same thing in our ministry, absolutely with the church, we're going to be kind to everybody that walks in the door. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we're going to condone everything everybody walks in the exactly. door with. Yeah, exactly. And I would hope that our bordering countries would feel the same way about us. You know, I'm hoping they're having the same conversations we are. But um, I, that's where I sit with it. I, I I think it does meet spiritually when it comes to that. I think there's there's things politically that are going to happen that, that we have to make decisions on, but ultimately at the end of the day, when it comes down to uh, what Jesus says, you know, like, he's, you. when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was, you know, I was poor, you yeah. clothed me. Yeah. As a country, I, I, I think that's kind of where we should be. We, there shouldn't be anybody that we, we don't help. But at the same time, we but what is protect help? ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does help look like? Let's sit down and have a logical conversation what that looks like and make sure that whatever decisions we do make, whether it be politically or spiritual, people are still being treated fairly. I think that's what this country was built on, people to be treated fairly yeah. and valued. If we get away from that, then, you know, if we're putting up border walls to, to do the opposite of that, then we've completely it's ruined everything that this country was built on. And we've also done a disservice to to what Jesus Christ asks us to do. I think. All right. So. Um, well, 
I don't really want to say anything here, but I'm going <laughs> to. Um, a couple of different things. Um, I think that if a lot of lazy Americans would get off their butts and get out there and take some of these jobs, you wouldn't have as many immigrants wanting to come over here. Wouldn't be as many jobs. Um, but there are a lot out there. Um, also, you know, on the, on the news, you see a lot of the women and children right there at the border wall or whatever. And they're trying to uh, make us feel a little bit of guilt and pity. And I had a sister, so I feel zero pity for that woman. And I'm in the children's ministry, so I feel zero pity for all those little brats as well, okay? And, of course, I'm joking <laughs> and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I stand with you, Maddie. You know, I mean, it's got to be worked out at some point. I also believe that, you know, maybe the the um, the immig- immigration uh, process needs to be addressed, too. That's something that even, uh, gosh, I don't even want to say that I agreed with her, but who ran against, who ran for Senate this year. You know, um, she went down to the border and talked to people on both sides, talked with uh, border security, talked with the people on the Mexico side and people on the American side with farmers and stuff and just different people. And she said there are issues to address. And I mean, it's not something that can just go unnoticed, but it's also kind of in my thing. It's so far away from us, too. Yeah. And I know it needs to be addressed because it'll eventually impact us. But it's so far, like, kind of off my radar then I'm just like, whatever happens, happens, man. Jesus will take care of it in the end. So what about you, Sammy? So you're a pan millennialist. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, I'm kind of one of those. You believe it'll all pan out in the end. I am. I'm optimistic about it all, man. You know, just like well, it'll good. work yeah. out. That's good. And who knows what'll happen. But. Well, my political view is kind of the same as my church view. Mm-hmm. I've never really considered myself spiritually in the relative terms that we have today as a conservative or a liberal. I've always considered myself to try to be relevant. Right. Yeah. That's the same way I view our ministry. Mm-hmm. I want it to be relevant. I don't want it to be pigeonholed as being conservative or liberal. I want it to be relevant. Yeah. And of course with our with our ministry, we want it to be biblical. So I hold very high the values that Christ set before us and try to use that as my guide for all my decisions, whether it's religious or whether it's political or whatever. And I'm not ashamed nor embarrassed to speak on those issues. There are things for me that just simply aren't up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never going to devalue life. Yeah, absolutely. It's not up for grabs. We're not going to talk about uh, uh, issues that are going to lead to uh, uh, thinking of euthanizing the aged because they're no longer productive citizens in our country. Two weeks in children's ministry, I'd change your view. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I know, but yeah. I'm just saying. Or uh, taking away people's uh, rights, uh, civil rights, in terms of being a valued human being yeah. on in our land and in our, in our world. So Women's rights. Yeah. yeah. So I, political things really don't matter a whole lot to me as long as I can stay, try to stay focused in what I feel like is valued by God. And if I, I'm, I'm trying to stay in that, in that realm because if not, I get caught up emotionally in the issues at hand. Yeah. Right. It, it's very easy for me. And even as, as balanced as I try to keep that, I can still get emotional about things like the wall. Yeah. You know, I can get emotional because maybe I've had interaction that wasn't good or positive with a particular uh, uh, ethnicity or whatever in life. And so it's easy for you, but that's unfair yeah. because that's, that's, that's labeling in a way generally that is, is not um, 
I don't know, not productive for the whole thing. And so we just got to be really careful. I, I don't, I know I sound like I'm not taking a stand on anything, maybe a little bit, but I'm taking a stand on something that I think is very important. And that is that we've got to keep it uh, centered on what God values. And if we can yeah. do that, then I think the political things will kind of fall naturally where they should be. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, I do support our governing authorities. I think scripturally we're uh, mandated to do that. I think so. Uh, we, have, we, we have to do that until it becomes contrary to God's law. Yeah. Or until it becomes contrary to what God would value. And so um, then we have to take individual stance in that. And, and that's where the tension lies. And we all have to use our, the Holy Spirit to guide us in our thinking. And it's it's a tough gig. It's not an easy. There's no easy answer to this. It's not a there's yes not. and a no. Right. That's right. It really isn't. That's there right. really isn't. And I think that's where a lot of people get emotionally caught up in it. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast today, I hope you're hearing very clearly uh, that uh, Jesus does not vote Republican or Democrat. He's you independent. Know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or independent. Like we're not, you know, we're not saying you should feel this way or this way as when it comes to the actual, the actual practice of a policy. What we're emphasizing is our values that are consistent with Scripture, right, and should be consistent in our lives. Now, one of the things that I think is important because we're so polarized and because there's so much fighting. One, a couple of things that, that I think of that are important for us as we move forward and for our listeners as as they move forward and in their daily interactions with people who might have opposing views, whatever those views are. I think, first of all, it's, it's important to understand or to step back and realize, hey, look, this person is not my enemy because they don't agree with me. You know what I mean? Right. We, we've got we've to quit demonizing people who see things differently, who are at different conclusions, because we've, we've got to leave. When you think things. you have the handle on everything, you have You're the wrong. handle on nothing. That's right. You, we've got and so you have to be open-minded enough to get that. That's right. Every single mature follower of Christ can look back at their life and say, man, yeah, at one point when I, when I was following Christ, I was an idiot. That's sure. And people who were people were gracious with me, and so I should be gracious, gracious with others. And so, and, and, and so lead with grace. Don't demonize people who have different views. And that may uh, be the greatest takeaway of all. Yeah, yeah. Through That's, all of it. I, 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 Secondarily, I, I think it's important for us to seek understanding. People have the convictions that they have when it comes to policy and practice uh, for a reason. And so seek to understand why people are saying and acting and responding and pushing the things that they... Yeah, stay that calm. Doing. Like, when yeah, stay calm. It. Seek understanding. Like, chill, man. Try to understand. Instead of trying to tell people why they're wrong and how they're wrong, uh, listen with your ears first and, and, and hear why they feel the way they feel. And uh, I think that would go a, a long way. And, and then finally, uh, I'm reminded of, uh, of what Paul wrote in Romans, uh, I think it was Romans 12. He said, uh, if it's possible, as long as it's dependent on you, live at peace with everyone. And I think, well, I mean, I think that's huge. That's our personal responsibility yeah. as Christ followers. As far as it's responsible or, or possible with me and my actions, live at peace with everyone. Yep. And so if my actions are causing uh, unrest, I've got to evaluate what's motivating my actions. And it goes back then to a matter of a heart. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Hey, this has hey, been thanks. fun. Yeah. Uh, been fun. Keep tuning in. If you have uh, 
uh, if you want to engage with us, feel free to engage with us. Uh, on Just not violently. Media. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Check your moments. That's right. And then, and then engage with us. You can do that uh, on our Facebook. Uh, you can do that uh, uh, by emailing leesburgchristianchurch at gmail.com. Uh, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Feel free to engage with us. Uh, let us know what you might want to hear us talk about. We look forward to that. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, this week, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.